I get to do what I want. Every decision is mine to make. Flip side of that, every decision is mine to make. <laughs> you wouldn't make your kitchen faucet design without going and turning on and off a bunch of <laughs> kitchen faucets. You're not just making art, you're making a tool yes. that is going to potentially have a major impact in someone else's personal well-being. Hello and welcome to the Word Witch Podcast, where we talk about tarot, magic, and belief, and try to bust our thinking out of the binary through conversations with folks making magic from the margins. I'm Charlie Claire Burgess, and I'm the creator of Fifth Spirit Tarot, the witch behind the word witch, and your tour guide on this queer hayride to Tarot Town. Today, we have part two of my interview with Coleman Stevenson, the creator of the Dark Exact Tarot, the Personal Oracle, the Vitriolic Tarot, and the Fairy Tale Oracle series. In this second half of our conversation, Coleman and I get into some of the aspects of being independent debt creators and like micro business runners. <laughs> uh, we get into some of the like really like helpful, I hope, logistics of uh, what all goes in to creating independent decks and carrying them from start to finish. If you haven't listened to part one, I highly recommend that you go ahead and do that first because Coleman shares some wonderful, wonderful stuff about the actual creation, like the concept, the art, the organization of tarot and oracle decks. And in this episode, we get more into the practical side of things and talk about production, talk about the responsibility of like the decisions that you make when you are creating these decks. We talk about, uh, I talk about opinions that I have about certain deck features. <laughs> uh, it is a fun and enlightening and I hope helpful conversation for anyone who is curious about making their own deck or who is just a fan of indie decks and wants to know more about what goes on all the time on the back end end. Coleman also stuck around to answer a couple more questions for me that will be or that already are available on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash the word witch tarot, where you can support the podcast because it's a free podcast with no advertisers. And uh, you'll get some cool free uh, exclusive things there. Also, I am starting to offer transcriptions of all of these episodes. I'm starting with the new ones, newest ones first, and I'm going to try to keep up with them as they come out while uh, working backwards to transcribe the backlog of uh, Word Witch Tarot episodes. You can find the transcriptions that are available so far, which are literally just of these two episodes with Coleman at the moment, at my website. It's under the podcast tab. You'll see transcripts there uh, in order to make this uh, offering more accessible to people who are hard of hearing uh, or people who just like, you know, 
don't like podcasts and would rather read things. <laughs> uh, and so if you would like to support that effort, because transcription costs money, uh, like literally, like I use like a software to do it because doing it all by hand is even more time consuming. So I use a software, the software costs money, and then I have to go through and edit it, uh, even with the transcription software, because no transcription software I have ever found yet can ever transcribe the word tarot, <laughs> or the word divination for that matter. So in transcribing these episodes, uh, it was like, it spelled tarot from anything, uh, anything from, you know, just T-A-R-O, just without the T on the end, that's easy. But then like really weird, hilariously troubling ones like terror instead of tarot or desperation instead of divination. So like I have to actually go back through and read the thing <laughs> to make sure that it all uh, makes sense and that the correct words are there. And so if you want to want to support that effort, please just, yeah, uh, join my Patreon. You can do it for uh, two bucks a month. It's like less than a cup of coffee. It's probably less than what you should be tipping your baristas. <laughs> uh, so thanks so much. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get straight into part two of my rich conversation with the incredible Coleman Stevenson of The Dark Exact. Uh, please check out the show notes for the places that you can find Coleman and buy her decks and see her artwork and read her poetry. <laughs> Here you go. Okay, so this leads me into questions about being an independent debt creator. So Coleman and I are both independent debt creators. Coleman has way more experience with it than I do being, I don't even know how many, is it a half a dozen, a dozen? Like, I don't even know how many I decks. Know. Well, I mean, it's the little fairy tale, fairy tale decks are so small that, you know, they don't have a lot of cards in them. Although that doesn't really change. The whole production yeah. process is exactly the yeah. same if you have 13 cards or you have 79 cards. So, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. And so I was thinking <laughs> that it would be nice to um, talk about what it's like, like what all goes into being an independent debt creator and the process of that. And then like, and running your own business and shipping these things, like just all yeah. of the little parts, especially because like people don't know, they don't know what goes into it. Um, and so to share that for the folks out there um, and, and anybody interested in making their own or publishing their own decks. Uh, so I was wondering, Coleman, what what like what are some of your favorite things about being <laughs> a indie deck creator? And what are some of your least favorite things about? It? You know, I was thinking about this to prepare for today and everything I thought of, I realized it's both good and bad. Right. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, Doing it all myself is great because I get to do whatever I want. Yeah. Well, I mean, within reason and resources, but mm -hmm. I get to do what I want. Every decision is mine to make. Mm -hmm. Flip side of that, every decision is mine to make. <laughs> so the just the, the fear involved in making the wrong choice yeah. or having a typo or mm -hmm. just any anything like that, getting something wrong, mm -hmm. um, the fear over, you know, because I ship every deck myself, right? Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't have helpers. Like, my, my company is me. Yeah. You know, I work with a production, a printer 
for the books. I work with a printer for the decks. Mm-hmm. I've worked with a box company here in Portland for the, the box this time for that, mm-hmm. the new edition. But like when it comes to putting them all together and sending them to people who order them, I'm doing that myself. Mm-hmm. And so every time one of those goes out in the mail, I'm just like, oh my God, it's not going to make it. Oh my like, gosh. Is it going to make it? Oh my God. <laughs> <Just like> this, <laughs> And that does happen uh, sometimes. Oh, it happens. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, we have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. And it just, I just live in fear of all of that because mm-hmm. it's up to me to handle it every mm-hmm. time. And I want people to be happy. I want them to like what they got or at least have a good experience in getting the thing, not have mm-hmm. there be any kind of impediments. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the, these things are not inexpensive. They're not cheap products. And I respect that people are finding ways to, to, participate in this thing that I am doing as an artist. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So I want to do a really good job with customer service because one, I know what it feels like when that doesn't happen. And mm-hmm. two, you know, I just really, really mean it. Like I am making this thing for you and you and you and you. So you actually wanting to have it. Yeah. I need to make sure that that goes as smoothly as possible. You know, mm-hmm. I also worry a lot about the longevity. Like what is the lifespan of any one of these deck projects right like is there a point at which these cards become irrelevant like they're mm. not what people need anymore you know so every time I print it's this question of okay is this last printing how many should I get I don't want to get too many because what if they don't sell mm. also I can't get too many because I literally have no place to put them I live in a small apartment word where are they gonna go yeah. I mean you like you built furniture out of your boxes our uh-huh. friend James um, from pixel the cult oh my god like a path through the boxes oh, yeah. in his place yeah. like it's uh, mine are all stashed very cleverly you can't see them can you uh you're looking at the closet they're so not in I'm there thinking that are they behind all of your books? They're not. Where they are? No. Where are they? I don't know. Are you sitting out? Mm-hmm. Where? No. <laughs> Did you put them in the wall? <laughs> you have to like punch secret holes in your wall to like get them from behind. Mm-hmm. Up there? No. <laughs> so anyway, to illustrate the point that like it's you an issue. You have to get clever. <laughs> So it's, it's, yeah, so good, the good and bad, like every bit of it too, like, so the, the, the outreach even, like the positive of that is that, you know, when I'm doing what, you know, marketing for lack of a better word, like when I'm getting the word out about these decks by myself, it becomes this communal thing in that, you know, I'm, I'm building community through doing that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm reaching out to people. I'm collaborating with people. We're helping each other out to spread the word. Mm-hmm. I really love how that feels. Mm-hmm. However, that that's limited scope. Mm-hmm. So if I was working with a publishing company, they'd have a whole marketing campaign. Yeah. Also, just their distribution is massive. I cannot possibly touch that as mm-hmm. an independent maker. Mm-hmm. I can't. Also, I don't like the sales aspect of any of this i just want to make these things right but i also have to make a living because this this is the only way i live this is how i survive yes um you know i teach also here and there yeah but yeah this is my life same all of all of my i mean i I have a partner and he has income but all of my income comes from the sales of the deck and the book and the altar cloth and then a little bit also from teaching yeah but like that's like that's the that's the bulk of it What people don't realize, too, I think, is that, you know, we're not just saying, like, okay, well, 
I'm making these things. This is my job. So how much can I possibly mark this thing up so that I can make a living? That isn't what we're doing. No. And the, the unfortunate truth is that when we're operating at the, the level that we are so that we aren't walking on decks because we've got so many uh-huh. to get the price down, right? We're right. doing small batch printing, which means the decks cost a lot, several dollars more per unit, right? Like they, Oh, I, not it, even several. I would say like at least $10 more per unit than... Like the 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 base price a deck would have to be in order to sell it for twenty dollars. Oh my gosh! Like you can get a lot of decks from from large publishers. Yeah, but you'd be ordering like six to ten ten thousand. Oh, at least. Yeah, I think probably more than ten thousand. I've like, never even looked at those kind of I would numbers because it's so out of the realm of possibility for I me. I would have to have a warehouse. Yeah. Also, just to so yes, it makes them less per deck, mm-hmm. but still the the amount of money you'd have to have up front oh, yes. to order that quantity in the first place yes. is like astronomical. It's unknowable to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah. you know, that's not my life. It's so like pay for your house in cash. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, you know, trying to keep it small, trying to keep it under my control means that printing costs are high. And then, you know, I want to have a nice box instead of a tuck box that falls apart after you open it twice. Mm-hmm. You know, that. The, the new edition, the box for this was a real treat. Like, mm-hmm. I waited six years to get to have this box, yeah. this ultimate, beautiful, incredible box, right? And I found all the other ways to cut corners to not do that up to this point so I could keep prices down. But at this point, I wanted to see what I consider to be the ultimate version of this deck that yeah. is my baby. So mm-hmm. anyway, just all the things, the printing costs, Um, you know, making sure that it's actually good quality. So, you know, we're not wanting to just simply reproduce these. We want to make them feel like cards. We want them to be heavy enough, but then they've still got a shuffle, right? So like my newer edition is on the thicker side. So I I can shuffle it. I mean, I shuffle it and still do a bridge with it, Mm -hmm. but it shuffles good with a side shuffle, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So all of these things are considerations (laughs) that like, I mean, I just from my what I've noticed personally, just for just myself, is that most of the indie decks that I own, mm-hmm. the card stock is better. Yes, and I'm not talking about super duper thick card stock because there is a line where the card stock gets so thick that it's unusable. And like, yeah, uh, you know, sometimes like when you get, sometimes you you buy a deck and you're like, I don't think that the people who made this actually have used it because of it. it's really hard to use. Yeah. It's either like really thin cardstock or it's super duper thick or it's made out of a material that's just like weird. Right. So, like either it feels too plastic or it just feels like a piece of paper. Yeah. 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 No, I don't like that. Yeah. Yes. Or like a piece of cardboard or something. Like I've had that too. I'm like, what this, like a particle board. That, some of that I like that chipboard. I have a oh, deck, yeah. a vintage deck here um, that is on the chipboard. This these used to be more common in in earlier uh-huh. uh, decades of printing. Can I can I touch it? Yeah. Oh, see, I'm not even talking about that. Oh, this okay. is nice. This is nice. I'm talking about some newer decks that I I'm not going to name. Okay. Any. Well, you tell me later. I will tell you later. I will <laughs> tell you later. Um, but uh, yeah, on an indie deck, you usually are going to get better cardstock um, than on some of the mass produced des- decks because they're they're trying to price it so that uh, to sell quantity. Yes. You know, to sell quantity, which is how they and the creator of that deck makes any money because yes, the, cre- the creator exactly. has to only get royalties and stuff. And that's a whole that's a whole different ball. You don't make much when you go with a, a publisher. What you get paid per yeah. deck 
is really, really small. So like, yeah, if they weren't selling thousands and thousands and thousands of them, you would make no money on that project. You couldn't, you couldn't live as an artist unless you've like really made it and negotiated some kind of like wild contract. Yeah. A couple of people come to mind for that in our realm, but for the most part, that isn't what happens, Mm -hmm. which is why I've been trying to keep it independent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I just think it's, it's nice to, to know that when you are buying an independent deck from a create, like directly from a creator, like all the things that that's supporting from start to finish, you know, like the, the often, like the sometimes years of work, it's not, it's like, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. The, the editing, the revising, the shipping, the finding the printers the yeah. Yeah. It's true. And now with, you know, like, Etsy, for instance, is trying to follow suit with Amazon. Mm-hmm. And so they've been s- strong arming us into offering free shipping oh. for everything. So, you know, that Which means, is, that means prices are going to go up yeah. because I literally can't afford it. Yeah. Shipping is expensive. I feel like I want to le- lean into the mic. <laughs> just say that. Shipping, shipping is a lot of money and I, I don't have an Etsy. <laughs> Um, I just have my own website and I, so I do charge shipping, yeah, uh, extra shipping that's not included in the price of the deck. And like, sometimes it's like $10, which seems like, which is a lot, a lot of money, especially on a deck that's like already $55. Yeah. But also like, that's literally like what it, what it costs. And that's not even, that's not even including the cost of like the actual, uh, the box that I ship it in or yeah. the packing material there are there are a lot of hidden fees and then there's taxes (laughs) and then there's the listing fee there are just tons of hidden fees yeah it's Mm -hmm. an expensive business to be in and Um, also great because it sounds like i really think that it sounds like i like i'm just no i'm not trying to complain i'm not complaining (laughs) i just it it is i think that people you're you're right to bring this up because i think that people don't realize what's really going on behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and the amount of stuff that we as creators are making decisions about and juggling Mm -hmm. to to produce a product that we can be proud of but that is still in an affordable price range yeah 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 and it is a tricky tricky balance to to strike yeah i mean i know there are indie decks out there that i would love to have and i just can't afford them yeah yeah or like i have to wait like i have to sort of like um ration yeah budget it out yeah so yep same um it's not bad to have a budget no that's a totally that's a totally normal good thing to have (laughs) it is it's fine like just set a little aside for tarot and eventually it'll accumulate and Mm um yeah it's it's it is tricky and it can be, it can be disappointing. Like I, you know, I get a lot of good feedback, but there are always those reviews that come in here and there where, you know, somebody doesn't think it shuffles as well as it mm-hmm. should. Cause they're comparing it to like a deck of cards, you know, made in China or whatever. Yeah. That's not where I print. Yeah. So it, it, you know, I don't have that super fancy coding and I don't have the, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, gilded edges, foil edges. I'm sorry. I just have to say something. <laughs> I hate foil edges. If you're if you're a deck creator <laughs> listening to this and your deck has foil edges on it, I probably I might even own your deck. Like I own a lot of decks that have foil edges because that's like a hot thing to do right now. 
and I still love the decks, but I hate, I get sad whenever a deck on Kickstarter reaches its stretch goal for foil edges. I mean, I'm happy for the creator and I'm sad for me. So I'm like, no. I've got mixed feelings about that. Like, if the foiled edge, whatever color it is, goes with the art mm-hmm. on the cards, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if it's just, oh, I'm going to foil the edges because I can, or because it's a trend, but then it, it, you know, I I have a couple decks where the the edges, they're foiled and they just don't match the art at all. And it's just this baffling thing. (laughs) I also got a deck, a deck I really, really like, Mm -hmm. by the way, um, this Oracle deck, and it has gold edges. Mm -hmm. I shuffled it and all the gold stuff just see it flicks off. It went up into my face. Oh, no. So, like, I had gold in my eyes oh, from this stuff. Oh, I hate oh, glitter. That's not supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes were burning from Ooh, that's these not cards. good. No, that's not good. So, oh. anyway, again, you know, remember, you're making something that people have to actually use. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not flawless at this. Yeah. You know, they're, again, revisions because... It hasn't always been perfect. I used a, a local printer for the first edition of the deck. And, you know, I, I didn't know anything about printing. I didn't mm-hmm. know who to who to ask. I was trying to keep it local if possible. Mm-hmm. I'm still printing in the U.S., but it's it's not in Portland anymore for the decks. Mm-hmm. But, um, ugh, the coating. The coating that they put on the cards was sticky. Oh, So, weird. like, you'd have to crack the deck oh, yeah. and peel them apart from each other. Once you'd done that... You know, yeah. and they'd been touched. They didn't stick together anymore. But yeah. just like, oh, it's just disappointing. The thought yeah. of like, oh, I finally made this thing. And I think I have a great solution. And then like, oh, yeah, it's not as great as I thought it was. Yeah. This could be so much better. But you just keep going. And the next yeah. time it is better. And then the next time it's better still. Yeah. 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 I So on that, on that note, do you have any advice to give independent deck creators, like anybody who's thinking about making and publishing their own deck, what would you tell them? Um, Start saving money. Mm -hmm. Because even if you do a Kickstarter and get it funded that way, there's always something you didn't account for. If you don't have it, you're going to be hurting. Mm -hmm. Um, Really just think about the art and the system, Mm -hmm. how those things go together. Consistency, logic, there, there needs to be a correlation between what the visual is and what it's supposed to represent within the tarot system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's, I guess, intentionality, mm-hmm, right? Like, mm-hmm. be intentional about everything you do. Don't be arbitrary. Yeah. And that has to do with some of these finishing elements as well. Yes. Um, you know, like edging or... Mm-hmm. Even the, the thickness of the cards, all of those things. Be mm-hmm. intentional, no arbitrary, arbitrary decisions. Um, and also do your research. Mm-hmm. See what's already been done. Yeah. You know, that bright idea you think you have, maybe someone else has already done it. Maybe you're in a lineage you're not even aware that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, what could you what could you learn how to do better mm-hmm. by experiencing other decks? that have come before you, mm-hmm. if you are working in an existing vein, what are you doing to either honor it or improve it? Yeah. Right? Like yeah. things like that are important mm-hmm. to me. And acknowledge that. Acknowledge 
what you're working with, you know, what, what you stand for, what you've studied. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean this in the sense of prove yourself, but locate yourself, right? Yeah. Like, what do you care about as a, a maker and as a practitioner? Mm-hmm. Also, if you're an artist who wants to do tarot, mm-hmm. you better learn how to do tarot or you better work <laughs> with somebody who knows how <laughs> to do it. That's a, that's a pet peeve of mine. Like, mm-hmm. if you're making a deck in order to teach yourself how to read, I think that works. But if you don't know anything at all about tarot and you're just like, oh, I'm going to make a tarot deck, mm-hmm. 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 just big pet peeve. It's disrespectful. Yeah. And also, you know, if you haven't done that research, yeah. if you don't even know more than just the fundamentals of mm-hmm. what you're trying to make, you have no, you have no business. I, oh, mm-hmm. I got really extreme. <laughs> it just really bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. I was a reader first and a deck maker second. Same, same. And I wish everybody could have seen your face when you were saying that. Oh, God. The, like, struggle happening on your face. I think Coleman, Coleman was holding back. I don't <laughs> want to discourage anybody is what it comes down to. I don't want to discourage anybody because mm-hmm. I want people to be participating. But, like, you know, same as how... You touch a deck of tarot cards or you leaf through mm-hmm. a little white book. That does not make you a tarot expert who's right. ready to go do your own readings. Right. Right. And I just feel as a as a deck creator, study has to happen first. Yeah. It's it, I mean, and like you said, I think that's a I think that's a matter of respect. Like just having respect for the the form, the art form, the long lineage of people who yeah. have come before you that have made contributions. I, th- I also think about what can you, and I think that you were getting at this too. What is the thing that you have to, the thing that's uniquely you? Yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Why does this need to exist when yeah. there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other decks out there that exist and more coming still? Yeah. Why this deck? Yeah. Why does it need to exist? Yeah. yeah. And also like just the, the, the whole thing about, you know, doing your research too, just, functionality again remembering you're not just making art you're making a tool yes that is going to potentially have a major impact in someone else's personal well-being oh gosh right yeah. i mean these are these are tools for people to use for spiritual purposes mm-hmm. for psychological self-study mm-hmm. um for very practical decision making uh-huh. and we're all just trying to have better lives yeah Right. Yeah. So, you know, for the same reason that if you were, say, d- designing a kitchen faucet, right, <laughs> you wouldn't make your kitchen faucet design without go- going and turning on and off a bunch of <laughs> kitchen faucets or any other product that exists out there. Right. Like uh-huh. any designer will tell you yeah. that research comes first. <laughs> This is no different. Sorry. I love that example. Yes. Yes. I also really like my kitchen faucet. I think that's why. Did you did you do so much research to find it? Research to find it. I bet you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely agreed. I just want to underline the immense responsibility and also the immense privilege it is to create something that people are gonna use in that way. Like that's just that's just something that it put me on my ass making fifth spirit tarot like and i was conscious of that when i was making it which influenced a lot of the decisions that i made well even more so because you actually feature human beings in your deck i do not and 
For many reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's actually, that's a good thing to, to note too. If you're, if you're illustrating humans, thinking about the, like, what kind of humans are you illustrating? Are they all like skinny? <laughs> are they all able-bodied? Are they all white? Or, you know, just like, just, yeah. Cause so about, many, de- I mean, talk about doing your research. Yeah. Y'all, that's covered <laughs> in spades. <laughs> that, that has already been covered. Absolutely. You Absolutely. don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> and you're just getting out of your own sort of bubble, you know, to yeah. to think about those things and think about how they may be perceived or like the effect that they may have on the person who's using it. Uh, but yeah, when people, when I started seeing pictures of people actually using the deck for readings, I was floored. Like I, <laughs> oh, and I just... It was a it was a feeling of awe, but also of terror. Yeah, because I was like, "Oh, holy shit!" Like, yeah. I hope I did this right. I know. <laughs> I I every one of these that leaves yeah. here yeah. goes on its way to yeah. someone's home. I'm just thinking, "Oh, please, yeah. please yeah. like it. Yeah. Please let yeah. this have a legitimate place in this person's life. Yes. Please let this help them, or at least you know." not hurt them in any way. Yeah. Um, it's a huge responsibility making things for other people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it worries me constantly. Yeah. And um, actually that, that makes me think of, I'm thinking a lot about with the Oracle deck that I'm making now because I'm not, it's not just like another, it's not an existing system. Yeah. So no one's telling you this comes next. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so that is in some way, like the responsibility is even amplified because then it's a responsibility of choosing, like which cards are you choosing to put in, et cetera. But we're getting, <laughs> we could talk about this for forever. So Coleman, <laughs> I want to, I want to ask you, I've got a few more questions that I want to ask you that um, I'll probably just save and put on like Patreon or something, sure. if that's cool. Yep. So that. I mean, I, I guess people would probably be fine if we talked for like two hours, but yeah. But also, this way you can ask me the really juicy things. Exactly. <laughs> Not everyone can hear them. <laughs> um, and then you have to pay me money so that you can hear them. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> which people should. Independent it's a, creator. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. Okay. So actually, but first, before I do that, is there anything that you want to add or comment on that we haven't touched on yet? that you'd like to to say or address? Um, Well, I just want to thank everybody who, well, thanks to everybody who's listening to this and um, just a huge thank you to you for inviting me to come and have this conversation today. (laughs) It's it's been really fun. Um, And also thank you so very much to everyone over all these years who has bought a copy of any of my decks, but especially for, you know, keeping the, the original deck alive for this long, it means so very much to me. It's so bolstering. Um, it, I just, I'm so happy to be in this world, in this realm, to have people's trust in me to, to make things that they are going to interact with. And I hope that I continue to live up to that in all my future projects. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the opportunity to talk about some of the ins and outs of, of that that I don't normally get to talk about with people. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Coleman, so much for, for co- like being willing to come on and talk about these things. Because I don't know, 
I like just let it be known that I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would have actually made a deck if I didn't have you in my life to be an inspiration and also to point me to your printers and resources (laughs) and and like, you know, like uh, give advice on all of those things that are really hard to figure out when you're doing it on your own without that knowledge and without anybody to point you in the right direction, which Coleman did it all on, like you figured it out all by yourself. A little bit at a time. And so I benefited greatly from Coleman's knowledge. (laughs) And so everybody should go check out Coleman's work and buy all of your decks and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, seriously. Thank um, you. And so where can people find you online and get that stuff? Oh, sure. Okay. Um, well, they can find me in general online at colemanstevenson.com. That, that's kind of my catch-all site that has my fine art visual work as well as dark exact stuff um, and, and books and poetry publications, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then that has a link there to the Etsy shop. But mm-hmm. on Etsy, I think it's just etsy.com slash shop slash the dark exact. I will put the links I will put the links in the show notes. <laughs> I should really probably have my own web shop. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, and Instagram at, uh, at dark exact. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Coleman. (laughs) Thanks for listening to The Word Witch. This show is produced, edited, and everything all entirely by me, Charlie Claire Burgess. Our theme music is Counting Rice by Bitches in the Beehive. If you like what you hear, you can support this show on Patreon uh, for as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash the word witch tarot, where you'll also get to hear extras from this very conversation that didn't make it into the show because we talked for an hour and a half. Please check me out on Instagram at the.word.witch or at my website, thewordwitchtarot.com, where you can find my tarot deck, Fifth Spirit Tarot, along with other goodies and cool things. Thanks for listening and stay magical. Stay magical.